the Rad And welcome to another edition of the Rad Broadcast. I'm producer Brandon. And I'm producer Amanda. And you're listening to the Rad, Rad Broadcast. Boom! We did it! That was like the first try. Yeah. People no. people don't need to know that that was the second try. <laughs> that was the first try. Oh. All right, we're back at it. Um, we got a lot of fun stuff planned, uh, but I wanted to do a little house cleaning first before we dig. Housekeeping! Would not me fluff your pillow? Wouldn't you like me jerk you off? Oh. Dang. Tommy Boy, right? A uh, long time ago. Oh, well. This is like classics that, uh, you know, I watched when they came out and then I never really watched them again. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I don't know how many times I've seen Tommy Boy, probably a million times, but oh, oh, it's one of the best movies ever made. Um, so if you were listening to the last episode, I think it was episode 14, um, you might have noticed that things were a little tense at the beginning. I don't know. I I, I listened back and Amanda was here experiencing yeah. it. Well, so. I, and I listened back too. Okay, which is good. Um, so we did notice that it felt a little uncomfortable. It's a little awkward. Yeah, I felt like um, I was maybe a little short and kind of didn't want to be here type of feeling. Right, yeah. Um, so to, Well, and I definitely sensed that during the whole thing. That's That's never good for anybody, especially when you're doing something as intimate as this and just sitting in a small, tiny room... Um, talking to each other. Yeah, it's not it's not very comfortable. Um, but you'll notice that it sounds a little better today. It feels better today. Wouldn't Definitely. You say? Yeah. Um, and a lot of that has to do with the the fact that we are adults and we can talk things through. And we always say, "What's the big thing of any relationship? Communication. Communication. Absolutely." Um, so to peel the curtain back just a little bit, uh, towards the end of last year, we we had some issues, um, technically and. Some of them had to do with uh, personnel, and I'm not going to get into too much detail because there's no sense in just sitting around pointing the pointing the blame at anybody. Right. Things happen. We're all human. We make mistakes. Um, and some of those mistakes can cause more work for others, and that's some, something like that happened around here. Um, and fortunately, we're all very supportive of each other, and we don't let each other fall down and, uh, you know, smack their face on the ground too hard. Um, but there is also a point where we do need to take responsibility for our own actions. And, Absolutely. And uh, to um, kind of sum it up, I guess, Amanda, you were going through your whole self-destruction tour at the end of last year. Yes. Which kind of culminated into issues with uh, the studio and, and some things technically that um, we had to have a meeting with Rob over the Christmas break that was very animated. You yeah. Would say. A, uh, an airing of the grievances. <laughs> yeah. Uh, he, he was pretty pissed and, yeah. you know, he doesn't get pissed often, but when we do piss him off, it's probably for a good reason. Yeah. Um, it definitely is always warranted. Yeah. So, um, it gave us some some learning experience, I think, and mm-hmm. now some responsibilities have been shifted around, and things are 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 just fine now. Mm-hmm. Um, but there was a time there, probably for the first, probably most of Month. January. Yeah, um, ha- yeah, most of January. Yeah, it was just uh, it was pretty uncomfortable around here because I I had some resentment towards what happened, and yeah, which I'm, is. Totally understandable and valid. And I'm sure you felt some guilt for what happened, but... It's, Unbelievably. And at the same time, you know, we still have a job to do, and, and people yeah. don't care that we 
have issues and people don't care that what we do um, behind the scenes affects, you know, there's things that that happen behind the scenes that affect us, but Mm -hmm. people don't care about that on the radio. Listen to us. People don't care about our issues (laughs) on the podcast. I mean, they do because at least we have learned lessons from those. Um, Mm -hmm. But, you know, they want to be entertained and they don't want to hear us bitching about our personal lives too much. Yeah. And that kind of that kind of factors in, you know, when I said I, I quit drinking, um, it is because it affected my work in a significant way. Mm-hmm. It is because it affected my personal life in a significant way. And when those things start to happen, you have to look in to yourself and say, what the fuck is going on with me? And if you know that you are drinking to an excess, and in my case, it was not mixing well with my medication, uh, you have to be realistic about that. And I think that um, one of the very intricate parts of our, our job is, and people might say it's mumbo jumbo, but the vibe mm-hmm. that we that we have um, all together as a team, individually and and everything. And when that vibe gets fucked up, it's palpable, mm-hmm. you know, and we're when- a small, we're a small group and each one brings a significant amount of energy mm-hmm. to the program. And whenever that has happened, um, because we have gone through different growing pains, you know, mm-hmm. when different staff members, everything, all, all these things stuff. change. Yeah. And uh, whenever that has happened and Rob kind of, he kind of lets it go to see if it will self-correct. And then when it, if it doesn't, that's when he's like, okay, guys, staff meeting, we need to figure this out and kind of like makes us sit and knock it out. And that's what happened last week. Yeah. Um, I think it was, was it the day? No, two days after we uh, released the last broadcast. So we've had some, some time to sit on this. Um, But leading up to that meeting, it was kind of nerve wracking. Like we absolutely, I know that we, we both had some things that we wanted to get off our chest and it was almost like we had to just kind of save it and let it build. And I don't know about you, but I like to overthink things quite a bit. Oh, yeah. That, I think that's why, I mean, I was not sleeping because yeah. I was up at night thinking of like, okay, what do I need to say? How am I going to deal with this? What do I don't want to say? Mm-hmm. You know, like I, because honestly, like I wanted to make sure that I was coming to it, being honest about my, my shortcomings and taking responsibility for the things that I fucked up and, and not trying to be defensive because when one becomes defensive in trying to have a conversation, it totally shuts down any type of conversation that's conducive to finding a solution. Yeah, it shuts and, down the progress. Yeah, mm-hmm. and so I I just wanted to make sure, you know, it's like you're running over everything you want to say and make, making sure that what you want to say comes out the right way. Because I often get, I mean, obviously on the live show, people have commented on it and all that stuff. I am not... <laughs> I don't speak my feelings very well. I can write down my feelings. You know, I was one of those kids that always had a journal and all that bullshit. Um, but I always get nervous speaking in a public setting, especially when it's high emotion and high, you know, intense stuff. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you know, you know that you fucked up. And so that all those things right there 
it can cause me to get tongue tied. And, you know, I didn't want to be emotional. I just wanted to be calm and everything mm-hmm. so that I could actually say what I know that I needed to say. Yeah. And that meeting was, I think, I think the meeting served every purpose that, that most gatherings or airing of grievances mm-hmm. should. I think once we walked away from there, I felt the weight lifted. I did too. And, I did too. And it, it really gave me a lot of things to think about as far as perspective goes. Um, and it, it made me more grateful than anything that we, we have the team that we have today because if it were anybody else, we, we would let people just, you know, fly off the handle and uh, make the mistakes and get rid of them. Mm-hmm. But not with this team. There's just too much good stuff with this team that there's no sense in letting other people fall or fail. And mm-hmm. I, I certainly don't want to hold resentment towards anybody who is in a position that I was in not too long ago. Mm-hmm. I had to quit drinking almost a year ago because of very similar reasons. Mm-hmm. It was bleeding into work. It was bleeding into my personal life and it mm-hmm. was affecting it in a way that it could have caused a lot more damage than it did. Fortunately, you know, in both of our cases, we caught it in an early enough state where we didn't really hurt anyone. Mm-hmm. And, and the only thing we hurt was maybe, you know, I, I might've lost some sleep. You might've lost some sleep, we, but we have, prevailed and we have accepted responsibility for the things we need to and we're moving on for the better of not only the team but for each other our, individually and our yeah ourselves mm-hmm. because i i mean i'm sure you now that you're almost a year into your sobriety feel much better i feel much better too um for, okay and the other thing i want to say okay so this is what i want to say thursday night uh so that day that we had our meeting was last Thursday, yeah. right? And it was really, really heavy. And I did feel better. I knew that I said that I, what I needed to say. But Thursday night, after everything was kind of done and, and you know, I had gone through taking care of my kids and, and, and all that stuff. And I had the time to like, okay, now I'm going to lay down and go to sleep. And you're sitting with your thoughts. Yeah, I felt I... Uh, so I, you know, I already have uh, insecurities and my self-worth issues that I deal with. And so I felt really like shit. I just felt like a complete fuck up and I'm failing in every aspect of my life. And it was really, it, it just felt shit, you mm-hmm. know. And, and it felt, it also felt like shit because I am very clear and aware of how it affected everybody on the team and you know obviously we are we are a small knit knit team we care about each other and we're we're very it's very similar to a family mm-hmm. um and so knowing that i had burdened other people like that it's just i was beating myself up but the next morning on friday when we came into work it was I would say probably the best day that I've had at work in months and months and months. You know, it was, it was, it was so good. And I, when I left work, I just felt, I almost felt high because I just felt so good about it, you know? And, um, and, and Rob even sent us an email and said, man, this is the first day, but it doesn't mean it doesn't, it doesn't matter, you know? And, um, it just felt really, it felt really good. And I really appreciated that we were able to talk everything out and then everybody was able to just like put their differences aside and have a really good day, you Mm -hmm. know? So it made, it made a difference to me. And, you know, I just, 
I know I have said sorry to you, but I just want to, you know, personally in front of God and the listeners and everybody <laughs> just say, you know, how sorry I am that my uh, shortcomings affected you so, so much because, you know, nobody wants to be a fuck up. Um, and if I could go back and take it, take it back, I would. I wish I wish I would have listened to because I didn't realize this either. Um, there were a number of people in my life that aren't a part of the show that came to me and said and were concerned with me. Mm. And how much things were affecting me. But I honestly, Brandon, this is how bad it is. I honestly do not remember them talking to me yeah. about it. And they're like, no, we talked about it. And I don't remember well, at yeah. all. You shut it out. You were numb. Yeah. You were numbing everything because you didn't yeah. want to hear it. And yeah. I am I can totally relate. When people pulled me aside and said, what's going on, man? Like, what? Yeah. what why are you even doing this? Is, yeah. is there a reason? And I... I vividly remember just shrugging it off and saying, well, I'm bored. Mm-hmm. I got, I got nothing better to do. Like, I don't, I don't really have many friends and you know, all mm-hmm. I got is work and home and this is why I'm doing it. And mm-hmm. that's not an excuse. It's just, it was just my explanation. And I, I just didn't, I didn't want to confront my, my own demons and I just shrugged it off. Well, and I was talking to my best friend and she, she was saying she could see how much it affected my drink, how much my Medication and my drinking were mixing for the worse because at her wedding, I was the maid of honor and I was fucking trashed. It was so embarrassing, mm-hmm. Brandon. It was so fucking embarrassing how trashed I was. But and then people, she told me this weekend that people asked her like, God damn, Amanda just got here because if you remember, I only stayed in Mexico for one day. That's right. It's so I, a 24 hour turnaround. Yeah, right? yeah. And so I got there the day of the wedding, like right before the wedding. And people were like, oh my God, Amanda's so trashed. And my best friend Sylvia was like, you know, I've been with her this whole time. And she's literally only had two champagnes. Mm. Um, Two two glasses. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Two glasses of champagne. But she was like, that's how that's when she knew that my medication and the alcohol were totally a bad mix because I could drink. And that's maybe why I was in denial, because Mm -hmm. I was like, but I'm not drinking that much. I can, you know, I can drink. But when you add on the fact that. I'm on two different medications for depression. Mm-hmm. It it's just it's not you can't do it. And yeah. I was lying to my doctor about how much I drank. Oh yeah. Well yeah, you're not gonna tell your doctor how much you're abusing your own body. <laughs> yeah. You're not gonna be honest with him. Yeah, yeah doctor, I'm I'm shooting up meth and heroin and doing all this thing. No, yeah, of course. But I'm just you know, I'm happy that we're at the place that we are and uh the you know, everybody was able to come to the meeting, uh lucky meeting (laughs) with you know understanding and honesty and just you know be able to talk and communicate like we always say yeah and i i will say again because i've already you've already said this and i've already said this but i appreciate your apology but you know this is our this is our life and this is how we deal with it and Mm -hmm. I've been in so many positions where i've fucked up and i've been you know picked back up again and supported by everybody in this building multiple times mm-hmm. that you shouldn't, you shouldn't be, um, refuse that, that type of treatment either, you know? And no. I, and I feel like, I feel like we are finally now at that turning point where there's so much more growth and so much more to reap of the benefits mm-hmm. of us communicating these things. And you finally, I, I mean, not you finally, but 
you getting you you being in the mindset that you need to be in order to better yourself and yeah because that's where it starts it starts within and yeah. you are just ter- you're taking this awful experience that yeah it felt awful the after the meeting to um to feel like shit and taking all this responsibility mm-hmm. but to, we need to feel that in order to pick ourselves back up and yeah. be better you know and that and i love that the next day we came back and everything just seemed so much better. Night and day difference. Mm-hmm. It was. Um, and it's just it's just proof that if we just work together as a team and we set all those petty uh, resentments aside, mm-hmm. then we can do great things. I agree. And we're doing a great thing. Yeah, including this podcast. That's so right. Hopefully um, this last 15, 20 minutes has <laughs> given you a little peek at... Um, the fact that you could you could put resolutions aside, especially when it comes to coworkers or even siblings or family members, yeah. if you you just sit down and just let it out and not let it get to a violent or mean or defensive yeah. situation, then you can you can do some great things and own your bullshit. Because yeah. if you don't own it, then it's not then you're not being honest with yourself or anybody else that you're trying to resolve an issue with. Yeah. You know. I don't like, I didn't like being a dick, but I felt like I was being a dick because I just didn't want to be around you. Like there's, there's this feeling that I just didn't want to talk to you. I didn't want to hear from you. Like I just, there was this feeling that I know now is petty. Um, Mm -hmm. but it was what I needed to go through to, 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 to realize what I was doing was petty. Well, and I, you know, I know, I understand why you felt the way that you did. Um, so I didn't fault you for you know being a dick yeah um i knew why you were being like that i could feel that but it was a really it was a difficult obstacle for me because you know i i was like well i don't want to be like shut off and just sitting over in the corner by myself but i don't know what to do to make things better yeah and And so it's just like there's not really anything that i could do is just except just let you feel that way and then, you know, me being the type of person that I am, I am extremely, I think we're all our worst critics and Absolutely. I'm extremely hard on myself. So I would just leave, <laughs> I would just leave every day just feeling like shit and like, what can I do? What can I do to make things better? But ultimately there was, I couldn't figure anything out to overcome that obstacle. Me being a dick and resentful and spiteful towards towards you is the same thing as as you being defensive and not owning the bullshit. Right. It's almost like the same thing because it just creates a kink. It puts a wall. It up. puts a wall. It, it cuts off the circulation to mm-hmm. any sort of type of progress and it you know there's a there's a time and a place but there's all there's a time and a place to feel that way and get the feelings out. Mhm. But then you got to move on because there's no yeah. there's no progress in resentment and, and spite. No, not yeah, at all. That's true. So, yeah, I, I think that uh, hopefully this has been a lesson. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I know it has been for me. Yeah, it has and, been for uh, me as well. Hopefully that kind of clears up why the last podcast might have been uh, <clears throat> a little awkward. <laughs> yeah. But on to less awkward days and, and more fun to be had. Speaking of fun mm-hmm. and sobriety, you had a little... Uh, shindig over the weekend yes tell us about it so um christina rob's fiance uh and my best friend sylvia 
we were hanging out a long a long time ago and Christina basically said that she had nothing planned for her bachelorette party. And Sylvia and I were like, what the fuck? You got to do something. So we talked to her and she she Christina is so sweet. She does not want anybody to make a big deal out of her. Mm-hmm. She doesn't want to be the center of attention. She doesn't want to have like a big to do. So she's like, what if we just go to brunch and then we come home and play some board games? And uh, so that sounds like a good time, though. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. that's that's kind of what we planned. We we um, she had her two close girlfriends that you know that she wanted to be along and um we just so we went to brunch at broderick's midtown Mm. and uh the general manager there will took amazing care of us yeah their brunches are out of this world phenomenal you think their burgers and fries are good oh my god yeah so i had never had brunch there before and um man it was difficult because one of my go-to's brunch gotta have that mimosa yep and Christina and everybody, uh, my best friend Sylvia, brought two bottles of really good champagne because she is a wine and champagne snob. Nice. So I knew what they were drinking and how amazing it fucking was mm-hmm. and how bad I wanted it. <laughs> and I just stuck to my club soda. But Will, the the GM, he made me a mocktail that was really good. It was like... Blue, it was blueberry Red Bull. I've never had blueberry Red Bull. Oh, yeah. Those are, I like those flavored ones. They have like a lime, they have blueberry, they, they have a few different ones that are so much better than the regular yeah. OG Red Bulls. I had never had that. So he that put could. that, and I think it was Sprite, um, muddled strawberries, some other kind of juice. Anyways, mix it all together, and it was a beautiful concoction. Yeah. Um, yeah, so then after that, of course, they're like, oh, well, let's go get drinks here. Oh, let's go get drinks here. Let's go get drinks here. All places that have great drinks, and I can't fucking drink. So did you end up being the designated driver, or did you guys all still take Ubers? We everywhere? Ubered yeah. still. Um, yeah, we Ubered, but I, the first Uber we got in, man, the guy, we got a big one because there was, you know, more pe- more people. Yeah. And um the guy's fucking Uber had stains all over the seats and it was just gross and nasty. And See, I'm like, this is why I don't, this is, this is why I don't personally use Uber because well, I feel like with the other ride shares, they don't lift. Uh-huh. I feel like they, they take a little bit more pride in their car. I feel like the hiring process is a little bit more involved or Uber's so hands off. I've been in Ubers where there's like been trash in the back seat. Yeah. So yeah, I, had never experienced that before until this trip. But usually, and so then the other thing is, is usually I'm Ubering downtown from Citrus Heights. Ah. So I can't afford to do. Which is the, like a 30 minute ordeal, right? Yeah. And like $30 yeah, basically. Exactly. Um, so, and I never can afford to do the Uber select. Well, mm. when we were downtown and we're just bopping from, you know, we went from Broderick's to Zocalo uh to shady lady and then we wanted to go to ella mm. um but they were closed for that that you know after lunch they closed yeah the, they have they take a break between lunch and dinners yeah. yeah and so ella's was closed so we went to maya huel or whatever however you say that i don't know how you say that um so when we were hopping from place to place i'm like I'm paying for that motherfucking select. And so we got in a, <laughs> a, this this guy and he actually gave us a ride twice oh, nice. um, in a 
and a really fucking nice Lexus. I'm like, right on. all right, this is the way you do it when you're downtown yeah. because I'm, you know, for Uber, I'm used to paying $30 and this was like $8, you know, plus tip or whatever. Nice, so nice. I, I did that. That's definitely the way to do uh, when you're downtown. Um, yeah. And then when we got home, so I had gone to Sylvia's house the night before to do decorations and set up snacks and, you know, all the little things. Um, and I brought myself some non-alcoholic ginger beer. Mm-hmm. So I had that waiting for me at the house. So Smart. by the time by the time we got there, I'm like, okay, now I can have my ginger beer. And because that... <laughs> are, you, are you itching for it? It's just like, it's just something to shut my mind off from the craving of wanting to drink and seeing everybody else drink. Oh, that makes it worse. Yeah, it does. Did and you... especially when it's champ- champagne ended up being my weakness at the end of my... <laughs> the end of my... Uh, the last know, leg of your self-destruction tour? Yeah, the last leg. It was all, all about champagne and rosé champagne and all that shit. Mm-hmm. So that's what they were drinking all throughout the morning. And I was it was it was a challenge. Yeah. It was really a challenge. Did you find yourself having less fun with, with them? No, no, it wasn't. I mean, it was just different. Yeah. <laughs> but so this is the one thing I did do, which... Uh, so Sylvia, my best friend, she is very, you know, she's in the medical field. So she does not like the fact that when I drink, I smoke. She's like, why even fucking do that? And right. so, But and I was really surprised when we were at Shady Lady, um, which is where I normally get this drink called the Pim's Cup. And it's fucking amazing. I love it. And I wanted it really bad. And I was like. Uh, I, I'm, I'm having an issue and she's like, what's going on? And I'm like, I really want a cigarette because at least that's something, you know? Yeah. And she's like, you know what? I, I understand that. I get it. Um, and so because she was like, kind of let me off the hook. I was like, <laughs> she's giving okay. you permission. Yeah. I mean, cause it, I like mean, her blessing. Yeah, it will not. Really, I mean, she would prefer that I never smoke ever. Oh, of course. But um, but if you're going to pick a vice, she kind of got it, yeah. and I was like, okay. The and then I bummed a cigarette from somebody, nice. <laughs> and uh, and it was just you know, it was, I know it's kind of the silly thing, but it's just like, you know, when you drink and you get that warm feeling that floods over your oh, body. Yeah. Uh huh. Sometimes when you haven't had a cigarette in a really long time, and you sit down to have that, it. it there is a certain relaxation feeling that you oh, yeah. get. Yeah. And so. That's why people that are stressed out, they smoke. Um, yeah. And I, to be honest, I think if you're going to quit something and you need, you need another vice to kind of help you curb those cravings, mm-hmm. you, you pick the lesser of two evils, you know? Yeah. And that's why I feel like when people give me a hard time, when I first announced that I was going to quit drinking for a year. And I said that I was going to continue using marijuana mm-hmm. for various issues, anxiety, sleep, appetite, um, appetite all yeah. that. Um, it, it kind of bothered me because, you know, it, it's it's like, well, let me let me ease off some of this stuff mm-hmm. one at a time because the weed wasn't interfering my personal life or my professional life. Mm-hmm. It was the booze. And <clears throat> to, to be able to go to to pot to kind of help me curb those cravings, it was pretty, de- it was, it was, it was a useful tool in the beginning. Mm-hmm. 
And I think that when you fought what you will find when you get deeper into your uh, year off, you're, you're just drying out for a year, right? You're going to yeah. do the whole reevaluate thing. Yeah. Because I need to, um, I need to latch on to my self-control again. Yeah. And that's, a, that's what a, I need to do. <laughs> exactly what I was doing. Yeah. And so what you will find is that you will not lean on those other vices as much anymore because you'll feel the benefits of just feeling better and feeling healthier. Um, so you won't necessarily need that. Now you, there'll be moments where you, you will, you, you will lean back on a cigarette every once in a while, mm-hmm. but I mean, pick, pick the lesser of two evils. Really? That's yeah. how I feel. Yeah. Um, the funny thing I was going to say too, is, uh, Friday night after we had gone through all of our meeting and everything, and then we had our really great day and all that, I got the best night of sleep. Oh, right and on. This, and this weekend, um, even at the bachelorette party, I mean, we stayed up late playing games and all that stuff, but I guess, and this is funny, I know I talk in my sleep and I have night terrors and all that stuff. I guess I was laughing in my sleep. <laughs> well, that's a good change. Yeah. You're not, you're not screaming and punching your lights. Yeah. yeah. That's good. Yeah. So that was, right that's good. And then, you know, I think a lot of that is, you know, us getting everything off of our chest and, and kind of letting go to that negative energy. And mm-hmm. then also not drinking has really, it, it has allowed me, you know, the funny thing is, is I was drinking a lot to help me go to sleep. Well, now that I'm not drinking, I feel like I go to sleep much easier. That's the, uh, the and it's, it's your mind shutting off correctly. It's, mm-hmm. it's not passing out. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Know? Yeah. And because when you pass out and you're, and, you're, and you're drinking to go to sleep, your body is working overtime to, uh, to to filter out all the process all the yeah all. to process yeah. all the booze in your body so you're not getting a full night's rest yeah and so yeah that's absolutely right and <clears throat> when you have all these stresses taken away of course you're gonna sleep better I, I I've been sleeping better too yeah um I think in the last broadcast I said that I was gonna get a um a, a weighted blanket yeah did you get that yeah I got it yeah and uh, it it showed up in the mail the day before the Bill Burr concert uh so the day of the Bill Burr concert because that was a a, a couple Fridays ago yeah yeah. And so Amazon dropped it off that day. So I wasn't able to use it until after we had gotten back from Reno. We stayed uh-huh. the night that night. Yeah, we, I did too. And uh, you know, I, I don't sleep very well at hotels, especially oh, now. Especially now that I'm not drinking. Oh. Um, I think because prior, you know, while I was when I was drinking, I, I think I was passing out because uh-huh. as you do when you go to Reno, you yeah. go out and you 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 have a bender mm-hmm. <laughs> and then you pass out. So you you think you'd sleep fine. Um, but I, I don't know if it's just because it's not my bed or whatever, but I just sleep terrible in hotels. See, I, I always sleep good in hotels now, at least because I'm like, I don't have to fucking deal with anybody yeah. asking me, mom, no kids. I don't have to deal with the dogs. Yeah. I don't have to deal with the cats. I don't have to deal with fucking anything. Yeah. I can just sleep. So it's like that switch turns in my brain that I like, I don't have to get up and help anybody. Yeah. So that, that, it's really good. I, I, that's nice. I, I think I kind of have a similar thing. Um, when I get there, mm-hmm. like I could turn it off, I could relax. And, um, especially on days like, like that day on a Friday when we have work in the morning and we have to stay up later that night, mm-hmm. I love that afternoon nap at a hotel because there, there are no animals to wake mm-hmm. me up. Cause I've got fucking five cats at home mm-hmm. and two dogs yeah and one of them is doing something at any time uh, yeah so it's basically like kids but furrier and and you can go without feeding them a little bit longer well and i don't know if any of your cats do this my my cat sleeps on me 
Like if I yeah. if I lay on my stomach, she's sleeping on my back. If I lay on my side, she's on my hip. If I'm on my stomach, she's right up in my face. I'm yeah. on my back, she's right up in my face. And it's like, come on, I need to sleep. Yeah, there's one one of our cats, Ellie, likes to uh, make muffins. You know, do yeah, the, yeah, do the, yeah, yeah. Do the scratchy the kneading. Yeah, the kneading thing. We call it make muffins at home. Yeah, and uh, she she likes to do it right on your chest, and then she likes to rub her face on your mouth and. <laughs> Like that, that bugs the shit out of me, but you just push her away and she'll stop. She'll stop, yeah. Um, other cats, they just like to kind of just curl up. It's not really a big deal. Um, but when when we got back and I got that weighted blanket, it's 20 pounds. It's a oh. heavy blanket. And <laughs> I'll tell the story next week about the uh, the weighted blanket and trying to have sex. <laughs> it's <laughs> It's pretty funny. Yeah, uh, we'll tell that story next week, and we'll get we'll get to that a little bit later. But um, that thing is amazing. It, it's, really, it, it took a little bit of getting used to, and I think I I threw my neck out a little bit. No, because I'm used to kind of when I toss and turn in, in bed, I kind of just like get to the point. So mm-hmm. I'll just jerk to the left if I'm going on my on my side, or I'll you know I I, I like to move quick. I guess when I'm making mm-hmm. my adjustments in bed, I don't mm-hmm. like do that slow crawl. So I'll get in my position. I think I just jerked my neck a little bit too much. And because of the weight of the blanket, I think I like pulled that <laughs> muscle. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So it took a couple of days to get used to. Um, but that thing is so relaxing. And huh. and I I will sleep solid through the night. Now, I'll still have stressful dreams, but mm-hmm. not, they, not to the effect of like I'm, I'm, I'm restless in the middle of the night. Yeah. Now I just kind of sleep through and I'm tortured by my dreams uh, with a steady sleep. <laughs> yeah. You know? Now, is that blanket hot at all? No. Um, and that was one of my concerns because if if it's going to be a weighted blanket, I don't want it to be heavy and hot. Yeah. Um, it breathes really well. In oh, okay. fact, it's got um, the, the thing that makes it weighted down. There are like beads in it. And mm-hmm. one of our kittens likes to uh, chase the beads. Like it, it hears the beads and can kind of <laughs> see like the beads adjust when you like move in the blanket uh-huh. so he'll pounce on the blanket <laughs> on the beads yeah it's 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 funny it's um he's such a quirky little cat but which one is that uh his name is Hermie. Hermie, because you have Hermie and higgins are the two Hermie and ones. higgins are the new ones yeah Hermie is a uh, midget dwarf cat that's awesome and uh we thought he had dwarfism he's just really slow he takes twice as long to do anything a normal cat does so mm-hmm. he took twice as long to get to the level where he's at now um size wise mm-hmm. developmentally he still acts like um i don't know how old he is i think he's like six months now but he still acts like a three month old kitten. Yeah. you know yeah. like he still has behavioral traits of that age mm-hmm. um and the reason why we adopted it i wouldn't have adopted him had uh had the wife not brought him over because he was a first of all he was a premature kitten he was a a solo kitten, so he didn't have any siblings, mm-hmm. and his mom abandoned him. Like, his mom didn't Aww. didn't want anything to do with him, so he was a lone kitten, and he mm-hmm. was he was stunted at growth. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the mom, the mom cat was only, uh, like, eight months old, so oh. it, it itself was a kitten. I had no idea that cats could have kid, cat, cats could have kittens that young when they were still that young. Yeah. So the kitten was still a spry young thing and wanted to go get its rocks off while <laughs> baby baby was in the bathroom. And, yeah. Uh, long story short, that they were going to end, end up ultimately putting the cat down because it has 
it had, and it had tested for a form of kitty AIDS, which is oh, called the F- FELV. Yeah, yeah. And uh, so we've since gotten him tested, and he's fine. He's he's he doesn't have it. Mm-hmm. Um, but at that stage, when you're when you're when the kitten is at the at the uh, SPCA, mm-hmm. and they see these types of signs, then it's like high on the kill list because mm-hmm. it's 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 a risky thing. It's mm-hmm. a risky cat. If it has FELV, then it's it's likely that it's going to spread it to the other cats. Mm-hmm. Fortunately, we have all the vaccines, and it, if it did, it wouldn't have interfered with any of our other animals. But um, yeah, I, I I I think had the wife not brought that to our house, it, it'd be a dead cat. I asked I asked her this week and I said, wouldn't would would Hermie be dead by now if we didn't adopt him? And the wife said, Yep, he'd be dead because of that whole F E L V thing. So I don't know what got me off onto this tangent. We were talking about your weighted blanket and then you were saying the kitty who like goes Hermie goes on there. But uh, the sleep has been so much better. Good. And uh, I'm glad to hear that you're sleeping better too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, So so you survived a bachelorette party. With a bunch of friends that were drinking champagne. And yeah. You'd normally be drinking in a mimosa situation oh, at brunch. Yeah. You yeah. survived. I've survived the whole the whole time. And we have uh, photographic evidence, right? Yes. Uh, we'll be posting that. What? T- tomorrow. So yeah. if you're listening to this on Tuesday the, thir- the 13th that this is... Uh, this is aired yeah. on Valentine's Day. We'll be posting your photos on radradio.com. Yeah, and I also made it. Through the Bill Burr weekend without drinking, which oh, is yeah. also. Was that your first experience in Reno without drinking? Yes. Yeah, it's yes. tough. The first time is always tough. And so there's that one little lounge and I can never remember the name of it, but it's got the pink chairs and there's um, they have the Bloody Mary bar in yep. the morning. Oh, yeah. With all the pickled vegetables yeah. and bacon that bar right by the lobby in silver legacy right yeah that's my favorite bar they always have great music they have great bartenders i love that fucking bar um and i i ordered a virgin uh bloody mary yeah and then just did that and right it, was, it was good and i had my club soda too mm-hmm. um and so i was able to do that you know i just doing the mocktails is really it's really working for yeah. me and that was your birthday weekend as well, wasn't it? Yes. Like Super Bowl day was your Super birthday. Super Bowl day was my birthday. Happy yep. belated. Thank you. Um, I'm old. And you didn't you didn't really want to put any attention on it this year. No, I didn't. Is that because no. of your mom and and or is that because you just just decided, eh, I don't want to deal with it. Um, that. kind of a confluence of things, I think. Um, you know, I wasn't feeling how do I say this? You I was. You don't have to. Dive no, no. Into I, the details if you I know. Don't want to. I know. I wasn't feeling that. Um, I deserved to be recognized for my birthday because of all the fucking up I had been doing recently. Um, but also, thirty-seven. Um, oh, lady. <laughs> old lady. So my mom passed away two days after my fifth birthday. Mm-hmm. And she passed away when she was 36. So 37, officially, I have outlived my mom. Yeah. Um, so that was just was really difficult, you That's know. Heavy. So, yeah, it just kind of like, oh, yeah, just bring, brought up a lot of emotions. And um, I made a promise to her uh, when I was 35 that by the time I got to 37, I would be wanting to 
live the life that I could live to be the best human that I could be. Because I know her and my dad, all they wanted me to be is happy. Mm -hmm. So I'm really trying to focus on that, which uh, leads me to my first EMDR therapy session. Oh, yeah. You've been been threatening to do this. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's, you know, making time and all that stuff to do it. And um, it was fucking amazing. Not uh, not uh, unsimilar to Reiki, kind of. Okay, it kind of felt like that in but a way. Do they like strap electrodes to your no, head? Or no, no, do no. They no, flash no. lights in your eyes. So they do have a light if you want to. If you're not able to like close your eyes and really get into your body, um, so I can't remember everything that it stands for, but it's like uh, I something reprocessing. I'll Google it while you're talking. Okay. Um, so the acronym stands for something and they have a light that you can look at while you're focusing on your traumatic memory, or they have these two pulsers that you hold in your hand. And so the therapist just asks you to think about like, you know, the, for me, the thing that I need to process is my mom's death. And so she just asked me about what's the worst memory that you can think of. That you know that is around that, and I'm like, well, finding her dead was the the worst thing. And then so she tells you to focus on that, and then afterwards to just tell her what came up for you. And while you're thinking about that, you think about it for maybe a minute. I don't know, maybe thirty seconds. While you're thinking about it, these pulses are going off in each side of your hand, and what that's doing is helping that memory go from your short term memory where you're replaying it all the time to process over to your long-term memory. So you'll still think about it. Um, but then when you do think about it, it's not going to be this whole big thing that you spiral into. It's kind of training your body to help move forward and move on. Yes. Um, yeah, let go. EMDR stands for eye movement desensitization and reprocessing. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. And so you can either look at the light while you're thinking of something, but she said you don't have to do that if you're able to really connect with your body and I feel like I am and um there was shit that came up memories and feelings that came up that I was not even aware that I was holding on to mm. it was so it was so amazing i mean it's really intense you i definitely fucking cried and you know the ugly snot cry but it's necessary but it's just you know when you're thinking about those really traumatic things it's of course it's going to be intense but then afterwards i felt so fucking great yeah. i was like on cloud nine i'm like oh my god yeah. oh, sorry. it's almost like that meeting that we had of the airing of the grievances yeah it just was let it go it was very much like that and it was very much like my reiki because mm. i was thinking about my mom you know and uh in both both instances it was kind of like a healing of that relationship um, so it was just, it was really great. And I have another one coming up, uh, next Monday or no, not next Monday, the last Monday of the month, Cool. um, to just continue to work on it, you know, and I'm, I'm going to be pretty aggressive working on it. But the good thing about EMDR is they don't want you to have this ongoing therapy for forever. They want you to get through your trauma and get you done and get you out and ready to deal with the world. So it's not like a traditional talk therapist where, 
you know, you're going to them for years on end. They mm-hmm. want you to process and get your and get on with your life. So I'm I'm excited for that. That's great. I'm glad to yeah. hear that. And I'm just glad to hear that these things are working for you mm-hmm. and they're clearing blockages and mm-hmm. they're it's basically you're a testament to all the positive that can come out of these various techniques that don't necessarily involve drugs or electroshock yeah. or, you know, anything that that's really going to slow you down. Instead, it's just, it's creating more momentum for you to, to be a better person. Yeah. I yeah. applaud you. That's amazing. Thank you. I'm so happy to hear that. Aww. Well, good for you um, for making it through the bachelorette party in Reno. Yeah. And, uh, Did you have fun in <clears throat> Reno? Oh yeah. Bill Burr is the best in the business. He that, really that guy, is. That guy knows exactly what he's doing. And he he dances that line of inappropriate um, and being too controversial just perfectly. You know? He really does. And when when that heckler came out and started telling him to respect the military after he was joking about not all military members are heroes, I, I just, I mean, I just sat there in awe at how he handled that situation. He, yeah, he handled it great. People would, like, I, I, I imagine most comedians buckling and, and just turning into mush after being... Mm-hmm heckled at like that but if i mean dude's been doing it for probably 15 20 years now mm-hmm. so he knows how to handle a room mm-hmm. um but just the just the class the finesse that he's got I, I i just i'm always amazed at how great he is just handling a giant room like the reno ballroom yeah and i it was so sweet to me that late, later on the show he's like man he it's like he brought it up he's like man i hope that guy didn't let one joke ruin his night you know like he was seriously wanted wish that guy would have stayed and had a good time yeah and i don't know if that guy did get kicked out but uh Bill Burr was on Conan um, that following Monday, mm-hmm. um, the day after the Super Bowl, and he he brought that up. He talked about it, mm-hmm. and he said he brought that up, that very uh, sentiment up again, saying, "I really hope that guy stuck around because that that joke kills with the VFW mm-hmm. and it kills with the uh, with the USO shows, mm-hmm. and um, it just you know, just goes to show that." You can't make anybody happy anymore. Everybody's going to be pissed up, pissed off about something. Yeah, and it made me start listening to his uh, podcast more, yeah. more religiously. Yeah, because um, I, I, I definitely love Joe Rogan's uh, podcast, mm-hmm. but and Bill Burr's I had listened to here and there, but I didn't really like totally listen to it. And now I'm like on the what is it called morning Monday morning, morning podcast. Yeah, I love it. Yeah, he. Um, you really got to be you got you got to just want to be in the mood to listen to him bullshit because mm-hmm. it's not necessarily as calculated as his uh as his stand up shows. Right. And sometimes you can just go on these rants about sports that mm-hmm. might, you know, not be interesting to you or or other things that just he just kind of rambles on much um, like us. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um but you know, if you're into him and if you're into us and you mm-hmm. like to hear that type of rambling then it's <laughs> perfect for you. Whoop, whoop. Um, okay, so I've got one letter here to to round us out here before we finish the podcast. Um, it's actually a follow-up to the Dr. Prod letter that we had last week from a guy named Trevor. He was confused about his, uh, his sexual orientation or his sexual preference because mm-hmm. he considered himself to be a dominant top. Um, and he, he was gay, right? He's, he's gay. Yeah. He's in a gay, gay relationship with his lover, and uh, he, he, he had a hard time figuring out where he landed because he likes being the dom top, but he also likes to be told what to do. Yeah, he wants to be bossed around as he's being the top. Right. So Trevor says, 
Thanks for reading my letter during Dr. Prod. It actually forced my boyfriend and I to use our words <gasps> and tell each other how we felt. Oh, my gosh. And then have sex. Yes. So I guess that makes you a sex doctor. Well, thank you. Yeah. We're both sex doctors. Put that on our resume. That's right. Dr. Sex. And uh, Trevor goes on to say, uh, can you give me any information on the place you have your Reiki sessions? Is it expensive? I lost my younger brother in May of 2017, and I am having a very hard time dealing with it, and I'm open-minded to Reiki possibly helping. He ha- he was murdered <gasps> very randomly, so there was no time to say goodbye. Oh, my gosh. Oh, I'm very sorry to hear about that, Trevor. That is awful. I, 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 I couldn't imagine no, going I, through something like that. I hope they caught the bastards that did that. Seriously, it doesn't say, um, but, you know, if, if Reiki, Reiki could be one of those things that... Let me, let me, uh, we should probably clear up what Reiki is versus like a past life regression Regression. Uh and, uh, uh, communicating with, with past loved ones Mm -hmm. because they're totally different. Yes. Um, Reiki itself is, is literally just the practice of making sure that the energy is transferring through your body cleanly Mm -hmm. and without blockages. So if you think about the chakras from your crown to your to your uh, root, mm-hmm. <laughs> root, um, there there could be blockages between those, and you won't allow the energy to flow through and and optimize you basically as the human you are. Um, so what you're going for is probably more of a medium or a communication, um, and that would fall in the kind of same realm as past life regressions. Um, so Reiki might not necessarily be what you're looking for, but the place that I go to has a, has a community of people that, that do these kinds of things. Um, and that's at the positive practice, uh, healing center in Sacramento. Reiki sessions are about hundred dollars because it's like an hour of time. Mm-hmm. It takes about an hour, hour and a half. And if you think about it, it's, it's they're they're the, the Reiki practitioners aren't necessarily, doctors they're not like uh psychologists or anything so they're not really getting paid for their services through any type of insurance companies or anything they're basically like self-made contractors they're doing this out of their therapist thank you they're just like a massage therapist so Mm -hmm. if you think about it that way in that vein then you know a hundred dollars isn't that much because Mm -hmm. it's actually doing some really good things for you so um, Trevor, I would actually just try contacting somebody or anybody at the uh, Positive Practice Healing Center in Sacramento. They might have uh, the answers for you, and hopefully you can connect to or say goodbye or maybe help move on or even maybe EMDR. Oh, maybe, do you yes. Think that would be helpful for him? Yes, I do think it would be helpful because EMDR has been proven to be extremely helpful for PTSD. Mm. And I can imagine if your brother was murdered, which, oh my God, I'm so sorry about that again. Um, that had, ha- that had to have been a traumatic period of time for you. So I definitely recommend doing EMDR. Um, if you are local to the Sacramento Roseville area, my EMDR therapist is Sonal Dillon. That's S O N A L. D-H-I-L-L-O-N, I believe. And you can Google her if she can get you on. I mean, she's busy and she has a uh, a limited schedule, but you can maybe just see, you know, if you can get in with her. If not, um, you can email her for a recommendation for somebody that she would, if she's not able to see you, she will definitely recommend somebody that could 
you know, could see you. And um, it's amazing. It, re- it really is amazing. I'm just in the, you know, the beginning processes of, of doing the sessions. But uh, Dawn is the one that told me about EMDR and she went to Sanal as well. And um, she couldn't say enough about it, how wonderful it was. So that's what got me to kind of, you know, be open to the idea of doing it. I was afraid it was going to be like they were going to hypnotize you Mm -hmm. and stuff like that. It's not like that at all. Mm -hmm. You have complete control of everything that's going on. There's no right way or wrong way to process anything. They just ask you to sit and think about the thing. And then afterwards they say, okay, well, you know, how, what, what were you feeling? How was that for you? You know, and then they just keep having you go through it. And it's not, it's not anything where like you're hypnotized and they're, um, I don't know, giving you subliminal mm-hmm. messages or something. Cause that shit freaks me out. Planting code words in there so that when you hear somebody say <laughs> Apple, you, you start Bocking like a chicken. Exactly. Yeah, no, it's not like that at all. <laughs> well, hopefully that helps you, Trevor. And hopefully you can find the closure that you need through these various suggestions or, um, you, you know, just in your own way. Hopefully you find your way and you're able to get that closure because, man, I, I cannot imagine losing somebody to murder. That's no, just, that is just that's awful. unthinkable. I'm so sorry. Um, wow, this has been a good uh, it's been a good broadcast. You do, did we fill time? Yeah, we filled the time. Lucky time. Woo woo. Um. A couple of programming notes. Um, thank you again, Amanda, for letting us, you know, kind of air air the dirty laundry at the beginning here. Absolutely. I think it's necessary. I think it was helpful for us. Yeah. And I think it's helpful for other people to hear that, you know, everybody's human and we go through these things and that we can prevail and, and not yeah. not let petty squabbles create tension. And, and look what communication can do for you. You yeah, know, it's amazing. <laughs> Um, next week, well, this week, when this is released, it'll be Valentine's Day. Yes. Um, so in honor of Valentine's Day, we're going to record a new podcast for next week. Um, and we're going to have my wife on. Yes. Yeah. We're going to have Mrs. Brandon join us and we might reveal her real name. <gasps> Maybe. Um, and if you uh, have any questions for the elusive Mrs. Brandon, uh, this is your opportunity yeah. to uh, email us at rad at radradio.com. Um, anything, you know, if you want to know what makes me tick, what makes her tick, or if you want to dive into the world of open relationships and yes. polyamory and, and sharing and all that kind of stuff. Swap and share and yeah. spit. <laughs> you've heard enough. Yeah. You've heard enough from, from Amanda and I, let's get this uh, new voice in here. Yeah. So Mrs. Brandon will be a uh, special guest for the podcast next week. Uh, until then, rate us, like us, join, subscribe yes. to our podcast. Yes, please make sure to do that because that is how we increase our visibility, especially if you're an iTunes listener. The Giving the ratings and the reviews is how we can be seen more by other people and that don't necessarily know about us. If you've already done that, thank you so much, and we appreciate your continued support. Email us at rad at radradio.com. Until next week, namaste, fuckers. Bye! The Rad... Broadcast.